Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 12th, 2016, the first home game of the Orlando Magic season, or at least the preseason is today as the Orlando Magic take on the San Antonio Spurs. On today's podcast, we'll have an extended conversation with our pal from Locked On Spurs, Jeff Garcia, previewing the Spurs and previewing the Magic a little bit uh, as well. So stay tuned for that. But before we get into the interview with Jeff Garcia, uh, I do want to remind everyone uh, that this podcast is sponsored by SeatGeek. You've heard, you've heard of them. You know all about them. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. It's so different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. Yes, there are home Orlando Magic games now. It's it's a funny thing. And you need to figure out how to get the best tickets because these games aren't on TV. I mean, Wednesday's game is kind of on TV. If if, uh, if you're in the Orlando area, it's on Facebook Live. Uh, Sunday's game is on TV. But you want to be in the action at the at the arena at the Amway Center, getting taking it all in, seeing your magic live. If you go to SeatGeek right now, or at least when I'm recording this. You can find tickets as low as $14 for tonight's game. Lower bowl tickets for as low as $23, it looks like, uh, on SeatGeek. Actually, I'm seeing lower bowl tickets for as low as $15 on SeatGeek for Wednesday's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Against the Indiana Pacers, you can also find tickets for as low as $10. Lower bowl seats going for as low as $15. It looks like once again. And then Sunday's game against the Atlanta Hawks, there are seats as low as $10 again. Lower bowl tickets going for as low as $15. You can't get deals like this anywhere else, and SeatGeek makes it easy. It is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert. Uh, everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. It's as easy as that. And best of all, my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. If you want to go to the game, I am not joking. SeatGeek is essentially paying you to go to the Orlando Magic Games this week with how low the ticket prices are. for It's preseason, I get it. But how low these ticket prices are on SeatGeek, they are essentially paying you to go to an Orlando Magic game. But here's what you have to do. To get the $20 rebate. My listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So if you haven't used SeatGeek before, this is listen up. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. As I noted... Today, we have an extended conversation with Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs to preview Wednesday's game, Wednesday's first home preseason game against the San Antonio Spurs. But I do want to note uh, one bit of news that came out today, a bit of solemn news, but uh, important news and and, and news that, um, you know, the Magic have to do, have to do, should do. Uh, And I'm I'm frankly excited. for this moment uh, for, at, at the Magic game on opening night. The Orlando Magic announced on Tuesday their plans to memorialize uh, and remember the victims of the Pulse uh, nightclub shooting that took place in June, uh, not too far from downtown. I mean, uh, I don't know if I've shared this story on the podcast. I've shared it publicly in a few places, but uh, I was walking. I walked home from the Orlando Predators game that night. I was sitting at home doing work, 
And it's Pulse Nightclub, if you're not from Orlando, is close enough to downtown. Not close enough that, that I heard gunshots or anything, but um, I do remember at around 2 a.m. hearing just a constant stream of police sirens heading downtown right by right by my apartment where I live. Uh, I it, it was absolutely chilling. Uh, you know, when I found out what happened, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. And just about everyone in the city uh, either knows someone that was affected or, or is, is has been affected by this in some way. And really everyone throughout the nation has been affected by this in some way. Uh, the 49 people who tragically uh, were murdered in, in what, you know, whether people want to call it a terrorist attack or a hate crime, just a senseless act of violence that took place in our hometown, uh, right by the Amway Center, right where, uh, you know, Frank, you know, I, I know uh, for a while a bunch of Magic players lived in, in Soto, uh, which is an apartment complex uh, near downtown Orlando, which is literally two blocks away from, from Pulse Nightclub. So this is this is an event that, that really hit home for me. I know it hit home for a lot of Orlando residents. Um, if, if you took part in uh, any of the memorials that took place immediately after, um, it was incredibly emotional. Uh, and you know, I've I've never been prouder of of the city of Orlando and, and my fellow and my neighbors and my and fellow residents for how they responded in the wake of that tragedy. Uh, and uh, you know, I went to a vigil shortly after, uh, or the Monday after. Um, it was incredibly moving. Uh, there was a huge vigil at Lake Eola later on that week that was incredibly moving, and 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 so many people attended it. it just there was just this need to be there for each other. And for our neighbors, and especially for the LGBTQ community and the Hispanic community, which which was frankly specifically targeted uh, in this attack, uh, as Pulse's Pulse is a gay nightclub, and they were having a, a Hispanic night uh, that evening in June. Uh, Orlando City, of course, had their big memorial, uh, uh, an extremely emotional uh, outpouring of love, uh, and and um, you know, I'm just just thinking about it. it's getting me choked up. It was such a moving event and and every team in the city has had their moments and the magic will have their moment uh, to remember and memorialize the victims of of the, uh, and all those affected not just the victims uh, the everyone affected by pulse on October 26th during opening night against the Miami Heat and and I noted this on Twitter um, I can't think of a better opponent to share the floor uh, on that day, we we are rivals with the Miami Heat. They're they're probably our biggest rival as Magic fans, but uh, I think they're the shoulder that we need to cry on as well uh, in this event. And uh, as you know, if I've I've heard stories of of some at least some of the victims, you know, were Miami Heat fans. They were UCF students from South Florida. They were you know they drove up from Miami to have a good weekend with friends that that are in town. Um, it's so. Uh, it, I, I can't think of a better opponent to share this moment with. And, and Orlando has dedicated uh, that game to the victims of of, Pul- of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Uh, among the things they're going to they're do, they're going to host survivors as well as victims' families and Pulse employees at the game. Uh, I'm sure they'll be set up in a luxury suite. Um, they, des- they deserve that at, at bare minimum. And I'm sure they'll be recognized on the floor as well. Uh, the hometown heroes... Uh, a program that the Magic have where they honor a police officer or military member or the first responder uh, before a game. They're going to honor first responders that that worked that evening um, and, and to realize, you know, this could have been much worse. Um, there, there's literally a hospital. Uh, Orlando Health Hospital is literally a block away from Pulse Nightclub and that fact alone saved many, many lives. Um, and you know, there, there's video, I remember seeing video that night of, of, you know, police officers loading, you know, people into trucks as quickly as they could to get them to the hospital as quickly as they could. And so uh, they all deserve our recognition and our love as well. And I'm glad they're getting a, a moment from the magic as well. Uh, and, and, and finally, and I think this is probably the most fitting and, and the best way for the magic to permanently memorialize uh, the victims and to remember what happened that day. Uh, the Magic will raise a banner with the number 49 in remembrance of the 49 people who died at Pulse Nightclub. Uh, included in that, um, according to Orlando Magic's Facebook page, uh, the names of all those who died will be forever 
uh, inscribed uh, on that banner uh, as a reminder to us all. And and every team is gonna every team's having some type of memorial as well. The Orlando City is gonna have a permanent memorial in their new stadium. So, you know, unfortunately, this is a part of our community, but uh, it, it it's also a uh, a reminder to all of us that you know love can overcome hate. Uh, I, I've again the way Orlando came together in the wake of that. I, I've never experienced anything like that. Um, I you know I felt you know I, I you know I've I've never been to Pulse. I'm not gay. You know it 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 it, it wasn't you know my community in some sense, but it was my community. I felt attacked. I felt angry. You know, I, I felt very violated too. And, um, you know, and maybe that's not the right word to, to say because, uh, you know, that, that word also has a lot of other connotations, but, um, I, 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 I felt emotionally pulled to, to be there for my neighbors and, and to, uh, people I've never met, you know, pro- you know, and, and be there for for everyone else, and and it's going to be an emotional night uh, inside the Amway Center on October 26th. We'll all be excited to start a new season, but I I can't think of a better way for the Magic to honor to to, to take a moment. Uh, you know, it's happened in June. The Magic don't play in June. Um, you know, this was during the finals. I think I believe I think I was late to watch one of the one of the games for the finals because I was at uh, uh at the memorial that that Monday. Um, this is this is a great way for the Magic to take a step back and recognize those that we lost this summer, our neighbors, our, our brothers, our sisters, our family members, our community members uh, that we lost um, for really no reason. Um, just just a senseless act of violence. And, and I hope I hope I, I hope to God, um, you know, uh, this being Yom Kippur, um, I hope to God that that we never have to experience anything like that again, and and that that that's the last one. Um, you know, I know we probably will, but I hope that 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 that's it because there's there was no feeling worse than that. And uh, I'm glad the Magic are going to take a, again. I'm glad the Magic are going to take a moment to mem- memorialize that and remember it and, and permanently uh, remember remember that moment uh, and as a reminder to to the strength in all of us as well as. Uh, uh, as well as uh, to remember those that that you know were, were taken from us uh, before before their time. Moving off that somber note, though, we are getting ready for the first preseason home game of the season. The Orlando Magic will take on the San Antonio Spurs at the Amway Center Wednesday night at 7 p.m. The game will air on Facebook Live if you're within 75 miles of the Amway Center. Uh, so be sure to check that out if you don't get to go. Uh, don't We don't know a lot about these teams. It's still the preseason. But I, I tracked down my good friend Jeff Garcia of the Lockdown Spurs podcast. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the game. And so uh, here we go talking about, uh, about, about the game uh, that's coming up later tonight. And I'm joined now by our good friend from Lockdown Spurs, Jeff Garcia. Jeff, I feel like I'm handing the baton off to you because... Uh, the Royal Rumble was in Orlando last year, and now it's now it's in your neck of the woods in San Antonio at the at the Alamo Dome. You excited? You excited uh, for January? I'm excited for January, and not only that, I'm I'm also excited for the Royal Rumble between the Magic and the Spurs. I'm, I'm of course I'm kidding. I mean, I, I don't know seriously, are we really getting hyped up? Royal Rumble. <laughs> More like it's, it's a, a, it's a dark, royal it's a dark match at a house show. Yeah, or, or should I say, call it a royal. Eh, we got to get through this game before the regular season. Yeah, yeah, we do. But, but you know, I, I don't know how you view preseason, and maybe it's different for, for you as a Spurs fan because, you know, you're actually competing for championships every year, whereas our lowly Magic are, are trying to figure out if they have a team or not. Uh, but it, how, how do you approach this, this preseason game? What, you know, what are you looking for the Spurs to accomplish as we, as we near the midpoint of the month and the midpoint of the preseason? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because this is the one preseason I can think of in years since uh, I've been covering the Spurs where it's actually very important. Why do I say that? Brand new faces, brand new uh, young guys. I mean, just all around, up and down the roster, it's pretty much a a new roster. You're looking at the departure of Tim Duncan due to retirement. So the Spurs 
are now entering life without Tim Duncan is here. It's it's right smack in the Spurs' face. So with that, yes, you can say on one hand, well, they still have Manu, they still have Tony, Danny is still there, Kawhi's there, great. Oh, and Pop is there. Yeah, by the way, yeah, that guy. That guy. But he's, if he's you look at the, yeah, yeah, he's not a big deal. But you look at the whole, they bring in new parts. Pau Gasol is the biggest new part to the uh, Spurs attack. You're looking at guys like David Lee, DeJounte Murray. They drafted it in the uh, 2016 NBA draft. They brought in a couple of their foreign prospects into the fold. Davis Bertans, Livio John Charles. And along the way in the offseason, they picked up a few familiar faces such as Joel Anthony. They also brought in a guy that played like pretty well in Rio with Team Argentina. Actually, a couple guys. Patricia Garino uh, and Nicholas Lopper-Pitola. We were very upset that, that you guys stole him from us. Yeah, and another steal from the Magic was Dwayne Dedman. So the Spurs are bringing in a lot of new parts. So actually this preseason is very vital because 1 through 14, in my opinion, is pretty set. It's that 15th spot, that last spot on the roster, what the Spurs are looking at right now. I've been on record, I think, two things that they can point at for that final roster spot uh, right off the bat. I'm going to hit you with something that I think you probably picked up on Phil. The Spurs weakest point right now is the point guard position. Tony Parker, Patty Mills. That's it. If for some reason, one of those guys get injured or something happens, they're looking at a point guard drop off of a rookie DeJounte Murray and two unproven rookie point guards, at least NBA wise. That's Ryan Archie Diacono, and I mentioned La Vitola. Now, of the three, if the Spurs want a third point guard insurance on the roster, I think Nicholas would have the edge simply because he's older and he does have pro experience, not in the NBA, but overseas in the EuroLeague and, of course, playing in Olympic-style fashion in tournaments, Eurobaskets, the Olympics themselves. There's that. But the right now, there's a few guys that are making noise at least in the few three the three preseason games that the Spurs have played so far. In particular, Davis Bertans. This kid, I've been high on this kid since the Spurs acquired his rights in the 2011 draft. The, I, I've been just drooling for this guy to come, and he's finally here. He is a six foot eleven guy that can hit the three-pointer like nobody's business, and he's not just one-dimensional like he was initially. He's now became a slasher. He's now he can finish at the rim with authority. He can run up and down the court. He isn't afraid to take the good the final shot. And in a Latvian media outlet, he even said he's not he's expecting to become a regular rotation player by the end of the season. <laughs> I like the kid, but again, as far as the preseason goes, this is very crucial for Pop and the coaching staff to see what they have and what are the horses they're going to take into battle once the regular season tips off. So it's, it sounds like. Tim Duncan's long forgotten and, and, and you know, that the team, the team is, is, is ready to, to gear up for, for a title fight, right? No, he's not long forgotten. He's still around camp. Yeah. There's the Spurs want to give him a position in the uh, front office or who knows, maybe on the coaching staff, you're not going to see TD with a clipboard during regular season games or the playoffs. That's for sure. But he will be poking his nose around the, um, the team, he's pretty much there as a mentor, as Pop said, and everybody heard throughout NBA world that TD can be coach of whatever he wants. I mean, that's how desperate the Spurs want him to stay involved with the franchise. And I think he is. So expect TD to still be that mentor, that leader, because this Spurs team is very young. And it's something I haven't been able to say in quite some time, a young Spurs team. So the Spurs are going to need his help off the court. And, of course, this is where Pop and guys like Green, Ginobili, and Parker and Kawhi Leonard have to step up their game and become more of a vocal leader for a very young Spurs team. Yeah, and and, and the last thing we talked was, was right after Tim Duncan announced his retirement. And, and certainly, Duncan's going to be involved with the Spurs in, in some form or fashion. He just won't be playing. Uh, but one of the great players, of obviously, of all time, how are the Spurs going about replacing him? I think still the storyline is, is just kind of this, this around the league, this shock that Tim Duncan isn't on the team anymore. I think someone asked Frank Vogel at, at Magic Practice today about not having Duncan on the floor for the Spurs, and Vogel was like, 
he entered the same the NBA the same year that I did. I, I joined Rick Pitino's staff with the Celtics in 97 when, when we thought we were going to get Duncan, uh, and, and it didn't turn out that way. Uh, but it's it's you know certainly strange not to see him on the floor wearing the black the, the black white and gray uh, or silver of of the San Antonio Spurs right now. So how how are the how are the Spurs going about replacing him? What are they looking to do or change in his absence now? Well, they brought in Pau Gasol. Uh, that was the biggest splash they had in the off season after whiffing on Kevin Durant. The, 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 Pau Gasol was the best, I guess, option you can to quote-unquote replace Tim Duncan because nobody can ever replace Tim Duncan. So now you're looking at maybe by committee. Tim Duncan, despite his woes on the offensive end, you know this, I know this, the listener knows this, he was still effective, very effective defensively. He ranked right up there as far as one of the best rim protectors in the league last season. That is gone now. And this is where the concern comes in. Because you bring in Gasol, you bring in David Lee. Ouch. Think about this. The Spurs have three new big guys on the roster heading into the regular season. And one other big guy that has one-year experience in the Spurs system, LaMarcus Aldridge. You're talking about Gasol, Lee, and Deadman. So what's going to happen defensively? I don't think the Spurs can replace what Duncan brought defensively. And I think more of the pressure now is going to be on the perimeter defense and get whatever you can get out of Deadman and Gasol. Uh, perimeter defense being probably the, arguably the best uh, one-two punch defensively on the uh, outside the paint, and that being Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Hopefully they will continue their mastery of the perimeter defense. And whatever you can get out of Paul Gasol defensively will be great. David Lee, I, I, I'm not going to even go there. And Deadman, I think Deadman is probably the best chance the Spurs have to get close to replacing what Duncan brought defensively. But what are, what are your, I mean, the Magic fans know Dwayne Deadman really, really well. He played parts of, uh, parts of at least three seasons here. Uh, what what are your impressions of, of Dwayne Dedman now that he signed with the Spurs? I mean, I, we know him as kind of this, you know, kind of bouncy, you know, somewhat undisciplined but really strong rim protector. Uh, what, what have what have your impressions been of Dedman since he joined the Spurs this summer? Well, he loves to foul, right? I mean, he doesn't <laughs> like to play four quarters. Apparently, I you know, aside from that, I think the jury is still out on him. It, with the fact that they brought in Joel Anthony tells me that maybe, just maybe, Deadman, you know, still is very raw. Uh, look, uh, Deadman, he's a young kid. I, like you mentioned, he's very bouncy. He's very springy. He's very active on the court, and especially in the paint. But in the few uh, minutes that he's got in the preseason, this guy just loves to foul. That's going to be an issue because if the Spurs are relying on him – to be that X factor in the paint uh, should Gasol or even LaMarcus get into foul trouble or something happens and he comes in, what's the point of bringing him on if he's going to foul out within the first half or within minutes or they have to pull him out after picking up three quick ones and enter David Lee? I mean, come on. I mean, he needs to work on that. But outside of that, I think he's still very raw. He's still a work in progress. Good news for him, though, he's with – one of the best organizations as developing players, getting the best out of them. That's just going to take time. Yeah, and, and, and I was actually a little surprised that the Spurs went for a player as raw as Deadman. Obviously, there's potential there. The Magic certainly saw potential in him, but they weren't willing to commit financially to him, especially with some of the moves it, it, you know, they obviously planned on making and bringing in Biombo and, and bringing in Serge Ibaka. Uh, but, you know, I, I really hope Dwayne Dedman, I think it could be a very good situation for Dwayne Dedman. Like you said, it's a it's a great organization. They do a great job developing their young players. And, and Dedman is just searching for opportunity, uh, just like he was in Orlando, frankly. Uh, when he did get big minutes, he did show up uh, on, on occasions. And, and the Magic's best defensive lineups were always with Dedman there. Uh, last year was, I mean, I guess... What's the what's the feeling coming out of last year heading into the season? Obviously, Duncan's not there anymore, and that's kind of the heart and soul of, of the whole program. But pretty good season last year for the Spurs. But like the Golden State Warriors, they you know had this incredible regular season and then kind of 
fell flat in the playoffs, losing in the second round to the Oklahoma City Thunder. What what's sort of the the expectation or, or the thinking coming off of that season? I, I think the thinking right now is that they're in a mild rebuilding phase right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's in the past already. Popovich is very notorious for just telling the players, forget about it, it's over. And in the long in the long term, in the big scheme of things, does a loss in the final semifinals that is against OKC really really matter? So they're 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 I want to say they're picking up the pieces. I think they're just they're having a mild rebuilding moment right now. When you have I what I would argue one of the worst off seasons in Spurs recent history. You lose Duncan, you whiff on Kevin Durant, you lock up Motto for one year for fourteen million dollars. Okay, ouch! <laughs> you know, not the best off season the Spurs have had in quite some time, but. You're looking at a team that's just simply having a transition period right now. The good news for them is that LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard are going to be your uh, your mainstays, the foundation you're going to work work with. You're also seeing the end of an era. And I mean, it pretty much ended already with Duncan, but Mono Ginobili probably in his last run. Tony Parker's not that far behind him. So this team is going to be searching for a new identity. The good news is, is that the Spurs brass brought in some wonderful pieces. I mentioned one of them, like Bertans. They drafted DeJounte Murray, who initially I was very high on, but now I'm having my uh, little uh, sus- suspicious moments with him on the court with him. Uh, he takes ill-advised shots. I get it. He's still a rookie, but you know he's, he's real thin. He's going to get pushed around a lot in the NBA. The Spurs right now are reportedly trying to fatten him up and giving him <laughs> some sort of high caloric diet right now. And that, I mean, but they want him to work out. You're looking at players such as Kyle Anderson about to get more minutes on the court. Jonathan Simmons, they're going to have to step up. So they're kind of like in this area right now of, okay, Duncan's gone. That moment our history is over. Manu and Parker are close behind. Let's project the future out now before it's too late and we're in a complete rebuilding mode. So the Spurs team right now, although they're going to be good and they're going to make the playoffs, I just don't see them chasing that elusive six ring for their franchise history anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, and certainly it's going to be a, a little bit of a buildup for the Spurs. And, and they, they brought in veterans, so they'll, they'll obviously be competitive. And I don't think there's any doubt they'll make the playoffs. And, and it's just about what seed and... You know, the Western Conference is, is kind of, I feel like, in a weird place right now with Golden State, you know, just kind of overshadowing everybody. Uh, uh, you know, but here's the thing, though. Even if you if you look at this Western Conference, is it just me? And I'm, I think I may have talked to you this before. It's very top-heavy. And there's I, I there's no parity one through eight anymore. Honestly, I think last year it was, it was very top-heavy. This year it's just, like, tipped over. Like, I kind of feel like... It's Golden State. I mean, it, don't tell the NBA I'm saying this. That Golden State-Cleveland matchup just feels incredibly inevitable at this point. Uh, oh, and, it is. It's going to happen again. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. And that doesn't mean don't watch the regular season. But when I when I look at the Western Conference, it's Golden State and everybody else. And Yeah, exactly. The next, the next group to me is that kind of two through five group. And even them, I'm not like I think two and three between the Clippers and the Spurs is pretty well stratified. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you, the Spurs are in a rebuild, like you said, the Spurs are kind of in a rebuilding mode. I still think they're the third best team in the West. I don't know if you agree or not with that, uh, but there are so many teams just kind of in transition in the Western Conference now with the with the power balance shifting uh, that it's going to be really interesting to see how the West sorts itself out in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I I, I, I do disagree be, with you with them being. I do disagree with you with them being third. I think they're still uh, uh, the number two seed in okay, the West. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I'm beginning to regret yeah. uh, my my pick to say the Clippers are second too. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I never trust the Clippers. I yes, don't. I think that's fair. I don't. I you never know what you're gonna need. This this team is just wacky and they underachieve. Yes, yes, that is that is very very true, and and I would still take the Spurs over the Clippers in, in the playoffs when it when it comes. I to might that. throw in their uh, Portland. I think people are sleeping on Portland right now. I think, you know, without getting, I, I think people are sleeping on Portland, but I also think they maxed out last year. Hmm. 
both. I think I think they played about as well as they're gonna as they can play. See, and I, I see it the reverse. I see they got exactly really? what they should they should get is that experience. I mean, that's certainly fair. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 perfectly fair. And the West, I mean, the Western Conference is as much a mess as the Eastern Conference. I, I'm really high on Utah. I don't know if if you are are seeing that Utah storm coming, but. Uh, I, oh, really I see. I see Jets. that. I actually, I see the Utah storm coming and the Minnesota storm coming fast. The Minnesota storm is coming, but it's still at least a year. Yes, away, I think. I think. I think we got time to, to board up the windows on on that one. Uh, it, I, I, it feels then, like then, a time of transition in the West. Yeah, and then you look at the East. It's just pretty much Cleveland, and that's it. I mean, Tossin, Boston, maybe. It's it's Cleveland, uh, Boston, and Toronto. And Toronto. That's that. Those are the three teams. But even with Toronto, I, I still I, – I take their regular season with a grain of salt. I just – I think losing Bismack is going to help hurt them long term. I, I think it might too, but I just don't see anyone really challenging them. And, and I do – I think people sleep on them because of how much they struggled in the playoffs. It's not to say that, you know, get into the playoffs, you know, are they going to have the same problems? They very well might, but they're – to me, they're still a, a very – dangerous team uh, in a lot of ways. I'm going to take a quick break right here to remind you all about the sponsor of this podcast, our good friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long, long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those other older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. Opening night is quickly coming for the Orlando Magic. Yes, it's hard to believe that opening night is just two weeks away from today. We'll be playing real live basketball uh, against a real live opponent, uh, our arch nemesis, the Miami Heat. And SeatGeek is the first place I would go to look for tickets to this game or really any game or concert that you want to go to. Everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. I know many of you are looking forward to that game two weeks from now against the Miami Heat. I explained the, the special night that it's going to be. It's not just opening night. It's a special night memorializing the victims of the Pulse night, nightclub shooting uh, in Orlando. I've got SeatGeek open right now. Looking at the tickets available for that game, you can get into the game for as low as $25. If you're looking to get into the lower bowl, you can get in for as low as $79 for lower bowl tickets on SeatGeek. Of course, it's still early. There's two weeks, and you can do just about anything to figure to find out when the best time to buy tickets is. Because when you go to SeatGeek, you look on the you, you you click on the game you want to go to. So Miami Heat at Orlando Magic, October 26th at 7 p.m. And you see this map of the arena, and there's all these dots. There's there's you know some there's a few red dots. You don't want to click on those. Those 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 are overpriced tickets. See some orange dots. Those those could be okay. And then you see some green dots. And the bigger that green dot, the better the price you're getting. And the best thing is you can also set alerts. I believe telling you when t- tickets get lower because, you know, there's still two weeks to go. Maybe you want to wait just a little bit longer, see if some more tickets become free. Now, here's the best part about all this. My listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So you want to go to the game? You, you want to splurge a little bit? They set, you know, pay pay that $79 to, to sit in Section 101 and watch the Magic play the Heat? Well, it's almost like you're getting in for $59 uh, by by. Using the using the code I'm about to give you. Well, it's it's a twenty dollar rebate, so you get twenty dollars uh, added to added to your SeatGeek account. But uh, I believe, or I don't know exactly how it works, but but you get you get you get some free money for using SeatGeek for the first time. Here's what you have to do though: to get your twenty dollar rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LO Magic, and SeatGeek will send you twenty dollars after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today, and I will see you at Amway Center on opening night. Now let's get back to our discussion with Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs. Uh, you know, since we're talking about the Eastern Conference, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts um, on the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, not a lot of people have seen them yet. They, they, played one game, they played one game on TV 
uh, two games total. This will be the first time they'll have Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, and Serge Ibaka on the floor. I don't even think I know what to expect. So looking at the Magic's roster and the things they did this summer, what are what are your thoughts on how this team's going to look uh, uh, You know, this season? Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say the, the Magic had a broadcasted preseason game? Uh, what on, is this it madness? Fox, it was against the Cavs, so it was, it was again. It was on Fox Sports Ohio, and then stream, and then put on NBA TV. So we've been on TV what, once. What is with the, what is with the NBA just like having this kind of like kibosh on preseason games being televised? Uh, you know, I don't think it's the NBA. I think it's the individual teams. Uh, you know, yeah. I, this doesn't help you any, but for my listeners, the Orlando Magic will be uh, live streaming Wednesday's game on Facebook Live. If you go to facebook.com slash Orlando Magic beginning at 7 p.m. But per NBA rules, it's limited to 75 miles from the Amway Center. So I don't live, get if that. If you feel. live in San Antonio, tough luck. If you live in Jacksonville, I'm sorry. If you live in Tampa, I'm sorry. Uh, but. You know, the NBA seems like they're experimenting with some new forms. And so hopefully next year we won't have to suffer this indignity of not being able to watch basketball in 2016. Uh, but I know, right. It's such a it's such a mystery. I like I, I, I and, and this Magic team, especially I have no clue what to expect. Like tomorrow is going to be the first time I really get a good look at them. Uh, certainly, I think uh, oh, right. it's a really good look at them because of the injuries they've had to face early in camp. Yeah, well, you know, we talk about the magic here. Getting Serge Ibaka, I think, helps. I think they're going to be a, a quite a defensive team next year. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, not next year. This upcoming tip-off of the regular season. I think getting Ibaka was pretty good. Losing Old Depot, I think, is going to hurt because he this guy was a scoring machine. So where's your offense going to be coming from now? You mentioned Peyton. You mentioned Gordon. You know, you know what Ibaka is going to give you. He'll give you the once in a while big scoring night game with the next amount with double digit rebounds, but that'll be far and few between. You know, uh, Fournier. I think he's a really up and coming uh, young player. I like him, and I don't get why Team France just has this issue with him. But that's for another show. Uh, but I think you're about to see, in my opinion, Peyton finally having like kind of a step forward. I. I think he's going to have a kind of a breakout season light where he's going to be panning out a lot better than what the magic expected. Picking up Chad for CA in the off season was a huge coup for the magic, yeah. bringing in that Spurs blueprint. Yeah. Bringing in that Spurs blueprint, bringing in that Spurs moxie to the magic, adding Frank Vogel. Hopefully he pans out. He did wonderful with the Pacers it seems to me that it's almost almost every season the Magic are just having a revolving door of coaches from Jacques yeah. Vaughn, uh, you know, to uh, now Vogel. But I, I, I like what the Magic are doing. I think they're just not there quite yet. And, and uh, for now, I at least agree with that assessment. I think I think they're heading in the right direction. They're they're making, you know, some some short sighted moves, but but you know, moves that are getting them closer to to being competitive. Uh, well, let me let me let me ask season. you. Sure. Why 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 were they willing to part with Oladipo, perhaps your best offensive player on that roster? You know, I, I get this question a lot. Um, I think there are, there are two reasons. Uh, one, I think last year he didn't take a step forward that that he needed to make. Um, I think the Magic expected him and, and marketed him, frankly, like he was their future All Star. And last year, his numbers were very flat. They stayed they stayed flat. He looked like he'd show flashes of being a star and just couldn't do it every single night. Uh, and, and I don't think the Magic entered the summer intending to trade Victor Oladipo. I think, you know, they, they certainly kind of probably felt they had to make a decision between Oladipo and Fournier uh, and Evan Fournier uh, because Evan Fournier was a restricted free agent. And I think they would have been okay kind of delaying that decision for a year before Victor Oladipo's restricted free agency and so maybe taking it to the trade deadline. Uh, but I think when the Serge Ibaka deal came around, it became something that they instantly knew could deliver them an identity that they've been seeking for a long time uh, and deliver them a player who is who has an elite skill and, and can be a real game changer on the floor. And yes, I know Ibaka's kind of had some struggles, but you know you saw firsthand in that in the in the playoffs what he can do when he's fully engaged and 
and playing right. at a really, really high level. And, and the Magic, I think, believe that if they can get that kind of engaged player more consistently, and you know there are reasons to believe that he can do that, there are reasons to believe that he can't do that, um, then they believe they have an elite rim protector and, and a player who you know, possibly could bump up his scoring average a little bit more and be a really good all-around player to, to kind of build an elite defense on. And so I think it came down to we like Evan Fournier a lot. We know we're going to have to make a decision between Fournier and Oladipo at some point. Uh, and Ibaka brings us an elite skill that we've been missing. Uh, I think, well, I think, I think it says more about Ibaka than it does Oladipo, in other words. Oladipo became expendable, but it was only for the right deal that they would move him, and Ibaka was that kind of a player that they would move him for. Well, you add the fact that in the offseason, the Magic picked up Biombo to go with that one, that, that's Ibaka in the paint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that that's going to be... Uh, I mean, teams are going to be having a tough time trying to score in the paint if those two players are out uh, in force. Uh, one thing, though, I'm kind of interested to see is the development of Gordon. Yes, we know he. We know he is a dunker. There's no doubt about that. But I want to see if he has a game outside of the outside of the paint. I think that's his next step. Yeah, and and the Magic are going to give him every opportunity to do that. They're they're moving him to the three now, which which I think rightly a lot of people are questioning. Um, I'm certainly questioning whether he can develop into a small forward over a power forward. I think he's still best in the way the league is currently, you know, kind of situated as a power forward, uh, but. Frank Vogel is going to put the ball in his hands a lot. Um, he says he wants to kind of run him like he ran Paul George early in his career. Uh, there, he's going to run some pick and rolls. He's going to look to attack the basket. Uh, but uh, and, and Gordon, for all we know, like he's he's a workaholic. He can he you know he could take that step. It very well could take that step. Uh, we just I just don't know what he is yet. No, no one does. No one's seen him play. He's coming back from an ankle injury. I don't even think the Magic quite know what he is. And so um, if there are Spurs fans in Orlando, or they happen to find a stream somewhere mystical and dark on on the internet. <laughs> uh, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more, say no more. Uh, that will be something to watch. How Aaron Gordon attacks the basket, especially going up against you know someone someone like Kawhi Leonard, who I think uh, he could model some of his game after. And I think is Augustine still on the roster? DJ Augustine is, is on the roster. Uh, he'll probably be backing okay. up Alfred Payton. Okay, um, one I do like that combo, but also, you know, a player I think that gets overlooked right now for the Magic and my opinion is Jeff Green. Yeah, he, he's kind of like that sneaky under the radar pick that other outside of Orlando are not really keen on. I think he might be a, a little bit of an X factor for the Magic next season. You know, I I tend to agree, and, and I think when people talk about the Jeff Green signing everyone focuses on the big number, and that was the $15 million contract he signed. It's just a one-year deal. The Magic intend to bring him off the bench. They, he's not starting over Aaron Gordon. And like I tell people who are like, you know, I, I, I was on Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and, you know, uh, uh, Josh, was, Josh was saying, you know, are the Magic going to play Jeff Green? Is he going to take minutes away from Aaron Gordon? And my answer was, well, if that happens, that means Aaron Gordon flopped and something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. If Scott Skiles were still the coach, I'd be worried about that. I'm not worried about that with Frank Vogel. I think what the Magic want from Jeff Green is go in, fill some gaps, play your game, don't feel pressure to start, don't feel pressure. Your role is very well defined. You're kind of anchoring the second unit in a lot of ways. Uh, and go do what you do. And the question with Jeff Green throughout his career has always been consistency. He's not going to need to score 20 points a game. He's not expected to be that player. If he averages... 12 points per night, the Magic will be perfectly happy with his production. Uh, he is still mm -hmm. a very versatile player. Uh, and yes, that number seems big for his contract, but it's just a one-year deal. It's it's no risk. He does have talent. He's going to There's going to be a game where he scores 30 points, and the Magic have really missed that. Having someone off their bench who can just go off for a game. Jeff Green can do that. And, and if he has one or two games like that, that's more than enough for the Magic to get what they need, I think. So, uh, Heading into the new season, and I guess it's safe to say that the Magic probably won't be sniffing the playoffs. Um, I, you know, honestly, I think they'll be in contention until the last few weeks of the season. Um, I, I don't have them in now, and most people don't have them in, but I certainly think it's it's within the realm of possibility that this is a playoff team. And 
You ask the Magic, they'll tell you they are a playoff team. There's, there's, I think, tremendous pressure within the franchise to make the playoffs. So we can't talk. I mean, when it comes to expectations about this team, whether you think they can make the playoffs or not, their goal is to make the playoffs. And I think success or failure this year is dependent on making the playoffs. Yeah, you know, in, in the uh, draft, Sorry, you guys answer. picked uh, Sabonis. Yeah, but then he was got traded to the Thunder, and the second round, I believe, you had Zimmerman. Yes. Um, out of UNLV, uh, is he? I mean, is he going to make it the roster, or he's going to be spending a lot of time in the D League? He'll, uh, he'll make the roster. I I don't think the Magic will send him to the D League very much. Um, if if they had their team in Florida, um, like they're going to next year, I think he'd play a little bit more in the D League. But the fact that they'd have to ship him up to Erie. Uh, I, I, and not have him close by or be able to get back to, to Orlando on a moment's notice. Um, I think that's a reason why he won't be in the D-League very much. Uh, they'll, they, he needs to put on weight. Um, he's just not ready for, for the NBA. His, his contract is guaranteed for the first year, so I think he makes the roster. I think he stays with the team, works out with the team, You know, continues to kind of develop under the close, close eye of the, of, the, of the players or of the coaching staff. Uh, but from every review I've heard of Zimmerman, Yes, he gets pushed around a little bit in the post, and so that's going to be continuing to be something he has to develop. Uh, but he has really good offensive instincts. He plays really, really hard. And so, so far, it seems like he's doing everything the coaching staff asks him. And, you know, playing really hard, showing some good touch, showing flashes on the offensive end. I've, I've seen him in practice trying to shoot some threes. Uh, they're, they're really high on this kid. And so once, he, once his body fills out, I mean, he, he played only one year at UNLV, so he's 19, I think. Um, once his body fills out, he'll be he could be a very very interesting prospect. I think for much of last season, he spent it, it you know kind of projected to go in the lottery by Draft Express and NBA Draft.net, and his stock just kind of slowly plummeted as he failed to produce. Had some had some shoulder had some injury issues. I think it's he hurt his shoulder, uh, but it's just going to be a little bit of time for for him to to develop. And the Magic seem perfectly willing to to be patient and wait on him. Well, with the uh, guy like Forcia now with the Magic, I think that's going to help his development too. Uh, Chad has was a player development. I mean, that's what he did, you know, with uh, the Spurs. So I think he, he's a, a perfect addition to the uh, Orlando roster. At least, sorry, the uh, coaching staff. And by the way, just a memo to the Magic and all other NBA teams out there: stop dipping into the Spurs. Uh, bank of wealth of <laughs> knowledge and players and coaches. My goodness, they might as well just change the NBA logo to the Spur. Just change it right now. More, Take out Jerry West less. and just put the Spur there. Uh, I think I, I would propose that the NBA logo be changed to Tim Duncan making a bank shot, or hugging the ball, or, or the bank the shot. I'm, uh, his 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 jumper. I think the bank just shot's his, better. Just his, just his jumper. Yeah, just just those long those long arms like reaching out, you know, into into infinity. You know, but with the game later on today, the Spurs will be in Orlando for their fourth preseason game. Uh, for for your Magic fans that are tuning into the show right now, I think one of the players that they would like to, if he gets any run next uh, tonight in Orlando, would be as I mentioned before, Bertans. Just watch this okay. kid. Just watch him. Uh, yes, I could probably bring your attention to watch Kawhi and watch Lamarcus and Powell, blah blah blah. Those are the easy guys to watch. If you want to pick that wild card, and if he does get the playing time, watch Bertans. You're going to be amazed that a six foot eleven, seven footer runs like a deer and has no fear. Just watch him. Uh, if, on the other hand, though, what is a player that the Matt, the Spurs fans should be watching for in Orlando? Uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's obviously the easy one. I think the the problem with this Magic team is it feels like a lot of the players are are kind of known commodities around around the league. So I would say keep an eye on on Aaron Gordon. Keep an eye on Alfred Payton too. Like you said, you you, you have very high hopes for Alfred Payton. Uh, he's worked really hard this summer to to improve his jumper. This will be his first preseason game, so first time really in action. Uh, and I think the way Payton plays is gonna dictate how the season goes for the Magic. Last year. When Peyton was at his best, the Magic were a playoff team. I, I I truly believe that. And he had an injury in December that I think slowed him down. He clashed a little bit with Scott Skiles, I think, uh, and never really got himself uh, back on track. And, and the Magic suffered for it. And so uh, mm-hmm. I think I think that 
uh, Peyton is, is definitely a guy to really keep an eye on. Um, I've been watching him shoot in practice. Uh, his shot does look better. Um, it's a very, very small sample size, so I don't want to make too many conclusions, and things are very different when the lights are on, but I think I've seen him miss one free throw in like 20, 25, 30 attempts in practice over the last two not days. Not too bad. Um, yeah, not he, too he's, bad. He's he's changed his free throw shooting a little bit, and, and it does look a lot better. He's, or he's at least more consistent uh, on his release point and, and getting uh, getting good arc on his shot, and, and I think that's generally throughout his entire offensive game. He's just he's 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 a lot more consistent getting a, a more consistent arc on his shot to, to make to make jumpers now. And so um you know he still falls into old habits. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to his first game uh first to his first game action after after missing some time with with an injury in in camp. Yeah, exactly. And you know picking from the obvious for San Antonio would be I would say Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. I know I know it's the preseason, but my goodness, this he's been playing like it's the NBA Finals right now. The previous game against the Pistons, he drops 20 points. He scored 15 points in the first quarter, and then he scored five more, and then Pop pulled him out. And the game before that against the Hawks, he's knocking down threes. He's showing a little more range, at least as far as the uh, mid-range shot is going. I just when I think I've seen it all out of Kawhi Leonard, I see more. Why do I get the feeling he's going to be held out tomorrow? Because that's pop. That's why. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised. And if he does get held out, then great. That means more minutes for my man, Bertan. So you, for the okay. Magic fans, to see him in action. I was hoping it'd be more minutes for my man, Kyle Slomo Anderson. You know, Kyle, I, I'm hoping for the best from him. You lose Boris Diaw, which I think, as far as one of the bigger impacts, negatives that is uh, for the Spurs offseason, was losing Diaw. The Spurs are going to miss his Swiss Army knife like style of play. Kyle Anderson has that. He's like he's like the weird height. He can play the two. He can play the four. Yeah. He can play this. You know, he has a ridiculous wingspan. He can hit the occasional three point shot. He can slash to the basket. He can run the floor. He can has a post game. He has a face up game, a la Boris Diaw, just very younger. But yet, in a few preseason games, he's kind of been eh, uh, eight points in one game, despite getting heavy minutes and take, take fifteen minutes. Uh, the, the game before that, another six pointer. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the kid. Maybe he still, you know, has some sort of mental block that. You know, it's not his time yet. I don't know, but he's now entering his junior year, if you yeah, will. That's a big year for him. You know, for the Spurs and the NBA, he needs to have a breakout season. He, I think he might be a big X factor as the regular season goes on. Yeah, and I, I, I fell in love with him at Summer League last year where he, where he was the MVP on the Summer League champion San Antonio oh. Spurs. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. It should, should be... You know, I'm excited. It's the first home preseason game for the Magic. I'm sure Spurs fans are excited to to see their team. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not on TV, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but like Phil said, there's other ways. Wink, wink, to wink, watch wink, the nudge, game nudge. tomorrow. Uh, I I, yeah. I cannot I cannot stress enough that there are NBA copyright rules in effect, and that you should not watch <laughs> games in an unauthorized fashion. That's right. I mean, it's uh, the listeners do, right now. I cannot stop you. <laughs> yeah, listeners right now, a little um, history of me and Phil. You know, we're both lawyers. Yes. Crazy, I know. Yes. So, Phil, I mean, before we recorded, Phil had to give me the disclosure about the recording. I mean, come on, Phil. Florida's, so, Florida's I just saw the attorney. Florida is a, a, a two-permission a two two state. I have to tell people I'm I, on the phone with if I'm recording them. And you I didn't give you my agree. permission, Phil. You're in uh, violation. The tape, the tape, I'm just the, tape the tape says otherwise. <laughs> I'm kidding with Phil. No, but yeah, I, there are other ways to watch the game tomorrow. Just uh, you didn't hear from us. Just uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Do some, just do your homework, I guess. You know, to be like me, get get a handheld radio, turn it, turn it to your, turn it to your local exactly. radio station, and uh, enjoy the dulcet tones of uh, Dennis Newman and Richie Adubato. I don't know who does it, hey, who, who the Spurs guys are on the radio, but uh, the D-man and, by the and way, coach are, are, are great for the Magic. By the way, I know we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Magic, but uh, you, I got I to gotta get it off my chest, Phil. Okay. The Magic 
alt jerseys are horrendous. Yes, sir. I don't know what the hell the Magic were thinking with this jersey. Yes, I don't know either. I, I, I mean, I, I have a theory. I don't. I have no way to confirm this. Uh, I think, I think Adidas rushed those because it's the last year of Adidas with the NBA. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, when Nike takes over, those jerseys are all burned. <laughs> I, it has potential, kind of, sort of, but it's just kind of like a. Eh, you're right there. I think what I think uh, the listeners should uh, Google what to see them for themselves. Yeah, just uh, type in Orlando Magic stars uniforms. Uh, you can there. There's some photos of some of the players in them. There's a Photoshop of Serge Ibaka. They they did wear them at training at, at Media Day. Um, I suspect the Magic will be wearing them every Friday this season, uh, like they did the gray jerseys last year. Uh, but uh, they haven't announced a jersey schedule yet for for the Magic quite yet. But uh, yeah, it's they're rough. They're rough. That's, that's, I, I it's it's a weird them. time. It's a weird time in the NBA when they're going to give out jersey schedules. Jersey oh, yeah. schedules. Yeah, jersey schedules. I mean, the Heat. I mean, what's like, the next? The Heat uh, have like seventeen different jerseys. <laughs> what's the next? Like sneaker schedule? You know, Gilbert Peyton's Arenas going to be wearing. Gilbert Arenas did that. Gilbert he Arenas, did not. Gilbert Arenas had a shoe schedule because he gave, he gave away his shoes after every game, and so he wore a different uh-huh. shoe for every game that he's with the Magic. Like I remember one time walking into his locker room, uh, walking into the locker room, and he had a pair of uh, Gucci shoes or like Armada shoes or something like that. Yeah. And I and like I knew he was a shoe shoe guy, and he like he talked to us about about his shoe collection, and I was like, you know, like they look like tennis shoes, and like they're like they're clearly like designer shoes. I was like, could you play in those? And he kind of looked he looked at them a little bit, and he's like, you know, if they have some traction, yeah, I probably could. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas, Gilbert Arenas could literally walk, could just walk onto a court and play because because he's Gilbert and and despite how crazy he is, he is just a little bit lovable crazy. <laughs> lovable crazy? I I think you're putting it lightly. Uh, I might be. I have a you know what? The... Oh, of course, he was a Magic player. That's why, right? No, he's just no, he's just. A, I mean, when he was in Orlando, he was just a generally good interview. Like he. He get he has a bad reputation, and some of it is certainly very deserved. Uh, but when you interact with him, he I mean he he doesn't have a filter, so he just kind of says whatever's on his mind. But it's usually pretty incisive. He's not like an idiot by any means. He's not a, a bad you know. I don't think he's a bad dude. He just doesn't always know the right you know how to control his thoughts. <laughs> hey, are the Magic getting the uh, jersey sponsor this year? Um. They're not scheduled to. I suspect they'll have one next, lined up by next year. Yeah, yeah. The Spurs don't have one yet, but I suspect that's going to come very, I suspect, very. I suspect every and, team will have one by by next season. Yeah, I, I agree. But no, it should be an interesting game tonight: Spurs versus Magic. If you can see it, uh, it's definitely going to be entertaining to watch. At least you'll get some sort of NBA action before the real games kick off in about what a week and a half. It's they're coming up. It's a, it's about two weeks away now. Two weeks from oh today, my God. I think it's like a very started. long two weeks. October twenty sixth. So that's that's two weeks from today. Oh, the Magic opened up against who? The Miami Heat. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know the Spurs opened up against the Warriors. So fun times ahead for San Antonio. <laughs> well, remember, it's just one game. There's there's eighty one more to go. Oh, I I can't stand the Warriors. I know. I know. We'll get. And you know what? And and it. Together. E, 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 the CEO too, Lacobe. Oh my God! <laughs> well, Did you hear what he said recently? He got he got his comeuppance last last year for what he said. So oh, okay, well apparently he didn't learn his lesson because oh God. he yeah uh, he had a memo, well a verbal memo to all NBA owners. Go Google this if you don't believe me, oh, uh, listeners. Oh, um, he went on there. Hey, we're sorry we got Kevin Durant, but we worked our butts off to get him. Uh, I thought uh, there was a <clears throat> tampering, uh, uh, tampering. I'm <clears throat> uh, sorry. Uh, some encouragement from uh, a few of the Warriors' uh, teammates uh, to lure Kevin Durant to uh, Oakland during the regular you know, season and know, during the, only, the playoffs. The only reason they got Kevin Durant is because the NBA is, is for two reasons. The NBA's ridiculous new TV deal increased the salary cap, ex, like like doubled it in size. And 
the NBA Players Association refused to to uh, to scale scale that uh, increase into the salary cap and just let it be one big shock to the system. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So Lacobe says, "I'm sorry, we got the war. Uh, got it's Durant. Like that, it's like that episode of South Park with the with the BP oil spill." Oh, re, uh, refresh my memory. Uh, the one, the one with uh with the Cthulhu, with Cthulhu. I don't remember that one. So who it, it who was, like was a, apologizing? It's like a, it like a three parter, like uh, B, like BP drills and unleashes, you know, a, a, an unholy monster that destroys the world, that like starts destroying the world. And so the BP yeah. executive is like on TV saying, "I'm sorry," and all, and yeah, it's it YouTube that like that, that it's 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 a funny scene. Um, but yeah, it, it feels it feels very much like that. Just very kind of sorry, not sorry. Well, well, remember, Phil. I mean, the Warriors are light years ahead of the NBA team, so. Well, we'll see. You know, according about, to Lacole. We'll see about that. It's 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 a long season, and you can win seven games the, and be up three one, and uh, yeah. By the way, I mean, uh, I hope he enjoys his seventy three uh, win banner in the practice uh, arena. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I'm cool with that. Like I think I I, I, I am not I'm, cool I'm, with that. You know, I'm someone I've I've been I've been on. You know, you can tell me what you think, and and then let's close the show on this. Um, I'm on the I'm on like a crusade to name a regular season champion. That's that is my dream. Okay. Like I want I I think the Golden State Warriors should hang a 73 win banner. I absolutely believe that because the regular season and people hate me for this opinion, but I I stick to it. The regular season is an ex- is a completely different challenge from the playoffs. Okay. No, think about huh. it. Think about it. The, I... regular, the regular season, you're playing three games and four nights. You're playing four games a week against different opponents. You don't have the time to game plan specifically for the team you're playing. And so it's a completely different challenge than being in a best-of-seven series and being able to exploit every little intricacy or weakness of your opponent. You don't have the time to do that in the regular season. And so it takes a completely different skill to be really good in the regular season as opposed to the playoffs. And I think the regular season gets valued even though it's the majority of the season for most teams. Well, that's good and all, but it's that constant reminder, you blew a 3-1 lead. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, no. The Warriors should never live that down. They blew a three-one lead in the finals. They they had it. They had it all. They had greatest team of all time within their reach, and they blew it. I I mean that's what they remind. And if I'm a Warrior member, I'm like, do we really want to have that? Do we really want to have that banner, knowing that that's good and all, but we blew a three-one lead in the NBA Finals. <laughs> That that they you know, you know that's the, it's just a constant reminder of failure. That's what I, I would I would say. That's that's it's, that's, a, it's a reminder. That's perfectly fair. That's perfectly fair. Because what does it matter? I mean, what is it? the Spurs had a historic season for the I franchise? Know. Sixty-seven wins. That's why. That's what why does I, it matter? But that's why I want the the regular season to matter more because the Spurs had an incredible season and they faced the one team they probably could not beat in the playoffs. And by the way, I know you wanted to close out on this note, but I want to close out an even better note just because I just don't like the Warriors. Um, Draymond Green uh, was throughout the first pitch for the Giants, the MLB yes. Giants game, and yes. did, did, did a horrific, horrific oh, job. Boy. So so I guess he's – not only does he kick players in the you-know-what, he also throws balls oh, in a bad way. Oh, boy. And 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 guess, guess, guess who won that game at the end? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Jeff, it's been it's always a pleasure talking to you, uh, no matter no matter the occasion. But thanks for joining us here on Locked On Magic to, to give us a look at the Spurs uh, heading into uh, heading into tonight's game. Uh, not a problem. And of course, to go and check out Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, you can find uh, not only my show but Phil's show on AudioBoom.com. Search Locked On Podcast NBA, Locked On Magic, whatever. Just find us. We're there. Download us. Talk to us. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. We're almost everywhere. Perfect. Uh, thanks again. Thanks again uh, for, for, for joining us here, Jeff. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely catch you when, when the Magic play the Spurs again later this year. All right, Phil. Talk to you later. My thanks once again to Jeff Garcia of Locked on Spurs. Always been a friend of the podcast. Always been a friend 
of OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I truly appreciate him being on the site. Be sure to check out Locked On Spurs. You can download them on Audio Boom as well as iTunes or subscribe to the podcast there. And, uh, you know, he does a great job covering the San Antonio Spurs. So if you're interested in them throughout the season, be sure to subscribe, leave him a review. Uh, as well, uh, helps helps us get the word out. Um, you can do that with all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, including this one, Locked On Magic. Be sure to subscribe to us on Audio Boom, iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher as well. We do appreciate all the comments, all the love that we've been getting on the podcast. I know that uh, uh, I've seen a lot. I've I've seen a lot of, of big games from the podcast, and I know that's only going to get better now that the season is starting. We will be back tomorrow with a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Of course, Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, Serge Ibaka will be playing their first games for the Magic this preseason. So I think we'll get a pretty decent look at this team and have a better understanding of who they are uh, than, than we did before. And so I'm really excited about it. I hope you're excited about it too. I hope to see uh, some of you at the Amway Center. Be sure to follow at Daily. Uh, during the game, uh, I'll be tweeting like I always do. You can also follow the podcast specifically on at Locked On Magic. I should be starting that Twitter account up soon. It is up and up and running, but we're not tweeting quite yet. Uh, so be sure to get that follow when we do start tweeting some podcast uh, specific stuff uh, on that account. Until tomorrow, when we have a better idea of who this Magic team is. This has been Philip Rossenreich, the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. We will see you tomorrow here on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.